there was this play that came through called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. I think it was a touring thing because like a couple of years ago, I just like looked it up again to just like see how crazy it was. But it was basically just like it would be a play of of stories of people who died and either, you know, accepted God or not. So in the end, they'd either go up to, you know, heaven with Jesus or they'd go down to the side of the stage where the devil and all his demons come out just like all dressed up and, you know, they're they're you know demon gear taking them just yeah. dragging them and taking them down to the fire they're like fighting and stuff to like get wow. away yeah it was crazy i mean i remember seeing that as a so kid cool. you know every single time i'd just be right back up at the altar like i gotta i gotta make sure i don't die in a car accident right <laughs> none of no that kidding, dude. none yeah. of that And welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. And so today, April and I went out bird hunting. We were largely unsuccessful. We were completely unsuccessful. Did you forget your little whistle? No, I did bring the whistle. No. So there was that. That was going for me. But we did find a whole bunch of fossils, which was cool. As you do. Uh I was who I okay. So I was at a um I was at a show last night and I ran into our old friend, uh, in college dorm mate. I've known him since high school, but um he was on our dorm together, our buddy Tito. Um I've run into Tito at shows mostly. Uh and but he was asking me about you. He was he asked how you were doing. And um we ended up just talking about how I I was talking about when I came to visit you and it's just like, you are, it's like, you're funny in that. Like, I don't, I would never visit any friend and we would just every night go walk in the back in your, in their backyard and like, look for shit. It's like, and it's fun. It was like, Oh, that's something I wouldn't normally do, but we were just laughing about it. Cause it's like, you just go in your backyard, you look for fossils, you find some cool ones. It's like, we went fossil hunting when I was visiting you and over a year later, you're just like, well, we couldn't find any birds to shoot, so we just dug up some fossils. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the same shit. Still, I love it. <laughs> you're just like moonlighting as a paleontologist. It's cute. Dude, we definitely like we. So they have like these walk-in hunting areas, which are private-owned land, but ranchers and farmers will like lease it out to the state so people can come in and hunt you know? okay and th- there's all sorts of rules and stuff for it and everything but you're basically like walking through people's farmland and stuff so this is in the flint hills like rolling grasslands as far as the eye can see and there's tons of cattle in there so you were you like walking up not someone's cow not yet that's uh that's a conversation that we've had several times though like uh <laughs> better not go that way there's a lot of cows but there was a dead cow like up on the hill and it's like it's laying on its side of course you know and it, it's it's been dead a while so like it's skeleton it's skeletal remains but they're still like they're not totally bleached and you know are sun other, cleaned yet are other cows around it like just 
kind of surrounding the corpse going about their business or is this like did this one stray from the path not this one but they they don't care dude dead deer like deer will just walk up and like eat grass out from under them like they don't care (laughs) they have no feeling about like a member of the community being gone they're just like the snorlax of the animal community (laughs) we definitely like walked up and looked at this like giant cow skeleton and you know it's got like a the skull is huge it's like you know two foot long and i don't know it's just enormous but it was like still pretty uh gristly and we sat there staring at it for like three minutes before i was finally like we can't take it it's too gross Uh, i was waiting (laughs) i was wondering if you were like i actually thought it was gonna go in the other direction i thought you're gonna be like you know what we we should cut its head off and, and drag that bad boy home we definitely looked at it like we could could we strap it to the roof? No, no, we'll find it. It'll be here next year. Go back, get a tarp <laughs> and a shovel, a spade, a spaded shovel specifically. Sever the vertebrae. That is the other problem is you got to somehow get it disconnected from the rest of it. That's an introduction to serial killing. I So one of the in my school, there's like a couple of kids that I'll there's a you develop like well I, of course everyone knows my sense of humor but you have to figure out like when you work in a in, a, in certain environments you kind of suss out and decide who are like safe people to make dark jokes with right you you don't want to just like lay it on thick too early uh but it turns out a lot of people in schools are like all about just making really fucked up jokes about the shit that you deal with because there's a lot of weird shit and it just kind of, I don't know. Everyone's just trying to figure out how to like manage like their emotions around it. So gallows humor around all the like bruised and battered children. Yeah. I mean, for real, it, that's kind of how it goes, but there are a couple of kids where I'm like, I think the best way I can describe it is like, like when you, the, you know, the magic eyes where you like put your nose up to the paper and you slowly move it away from your face and you see like a 3d image pop out. Like so there's a couple of kids that walk through life like they're permanently looking at magic eyes. Uh, they just like look like they're <laughs> looking through everything, and you're like, like. And there's one kid in particular where I've made the joke several times where it's like he, if there's a kid I've met, or at least one kid in the school who will go on to be a serial killer, it's it's this kid because he just he'll just he's the kind of kid who he'll just be seemingly fine and then he'll just like turn around look a kid in the eyes grin and then just like spit point blank into their face and then <laughs> smile at them again. Then, so a demon yes and then he'll just smile <laughs> like hey like this is how you make friends right and i'm like it starts there and it's the kind of you go he's the kind of kid who just like ends up on the news uh or in an interview and they're like so like why did you do it like why did you kill this person and it's like i don't know i just wanted to see what the inside of a body looked like it it would just be that it would be like just emotionless like i just wanted to see what it i don't know i wanted to see what it looked like when you looked down someone's neck hole without the head there uh, <laughs> like it, what it felt like on my like, penis yeah. i mean i don't yeah i don't what's you know it's just a thought i had i wanted to see i wanted to See what it felt like to have my hands inside of a person's stomach. I don't. What's that's that's weird. Yeah, 
I don't know. And uh, all that to say, I would like to keep a kid like that away from like finding dead animals in the woods like you. Like, I think if he grew up in your area, it'd be more concerning because he'd get a little bit more practice. He'd just find dead shit in the woods and realize too early that he liked it too much. Uh, and that first severed vertebrae, he'd be like, well, that was cool. I'd like to know what that's like uh, to do before they're dead. Maybe that feels different and makes me feel good. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have the self-confidence to in, like enjoy approaching strangers, no matter how horny it would make me to chop them up. <laughs> That's the only thing stopping you. It was like, ah, my social anxiety is getting in the way of my mass murdering. <laughs> I guess I'll just be unfulfilled. Yeah. So uh, we were driving through the Flint Hills and there's there's like some really just grungy little towns out there that have they're basically dead. Like there's people living there but barely, you know. And what then there's like do? some nicer like, ones. Are there local jobs? Is it like I, a factory? Not really. There's a few little businesses in each town and stuff, but there's not much. They probably commute to one of the two bigger towns you know that's like 30 40 miles away in either direction damn but so then there's like some nice houses you know probably people that have some land and a farm or something like that but so this is a question i was thinking about because i think that there's this says a lot about a person so let's say you're you win the lottery you suddenly come into a bunch of money Right. And you decide, like, I'm going to build a house and you can kind of put it like wherever you want. Okay, so if you were surveying like a landscape, making Mm -hmm. decisions about where you wanted your home to be. okay, some people build their house on top of the precipice at the top of the hill. It's going to be a little less about not building your house upon the sand. Is that where we're going? It could be building it, it on the could rock. Be, it could be not building your house in the floodplain, I guess. <laughs> but then some people build don't their have house. A basement. I mean, that's the moral. That just don't have a basement if you're gonna do that. Yeah, even if you're just buying a house, pay for all the inspections. Don't shortcut that part of the process, friends. And um, just don't buy houses on stilts. That's just obviously a bad way to go. There's a lot of them. It's beautiful. Your backyard is the ocean, uh, but probably a terrible idea. I would never. When I see houses on stilts near the ocean, I just am blown away that anybody thinks that that will pan out in the future. Like when you go long haul, I go, I like I buy a house and I'm like, I want I want to pay off my mortgage and retire someday. And when you see a house on stilts, you go, that's. I mean, that's obviously not in your future. Like, that's going to get washed away at some point. <laughs> yeah. Hurricane Stevie or something like that. It. But, okay, so do you build your house, like, at the top of the hill overlooking everything? Or do you build it down, maybe kind of, like, secluded down in the trees between the hills? I mean, it just seems obvious to go top of the hill. I feel like I'd go top of the hill 
See? I, I, I'm thinking avalanches, mudslides. Uh, how big a hill are we talking about? Like, I just think of a house. I guess I didn't have natural disasters in yeah, mind. I I'm just... thinking of a house between two, like, mountains. Or are they just, like, cute little hills? Um, I need to, let's get some more information. Where are you going with this? I just wanted to see if you were, like, the kind of person who wanted to, like, look down on your your subordinates. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course I would build all of, like, the slave quarters down the hill. I would do, of course. Uh, but out of out of plain sight. Yeah, I, I mean, and I not plain sight. Yes, out of sight. No, because you got to make sure that they're not escaping. So you need to be able to see it, you know. Uh, and that's of course just if I had a lot of money, and I don't. So I'd like to think that I'm still a good person as long as that option isn't available to me. I could see indentured servitude making a comeback at some point in this country. Like that's how you make your your way through college in like oh. ten years. If you brought that back, I think ev- like every Gen Z kid would just sign up immediately because they, I mean, essentially like you know the way that we were with like fifty thousand dollars a year in student loans and having no concept of what we were doing, they would just sign up. They'd do it. They'd sign up for indentured servitude so fast that. They would have, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't even like, no, like, of course it's a good deal. It's room and board. I get food and what I just work for them after maybe it'd be career specific, right? You would basically intern for a decade and, and then you would just clean slate, start fresh. Yeah. And, and then every four years you're guaranteed like a three day cruise in the Bahamas where you can drink all the like bottom shelf rum you want. Cause you got to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Honestly, that would be, I think that's where people really miss the mark, uh, on, on owning other people, uh, in the yester years, right. Where they just, they didn't understand human motivation well enough to manipulate it for their own wealth and gain. Like, they do now like amazon well i guess they don't uh, otherwise amazon employees wouldn't piss and bottle if like if you were an amazon employee and everything was the same but they go every year we're just it's kind of like olympic village style right you just stay in this place for like oh a straight week all meals catered amazing chefs just like bowls full of condoms you know i think <laughs> i'm thinking like Amazon. Like a Hitler youth camp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Amazon might be able to like turn switch the narrative a bit, you know? <laughs> they might be able to like Yeah, you <laughs> You want to be fully staffed Amazon, you need to like rethink these like uh employee residences and and you want to be somewhere between a Bavarian Hitler youth camp <laughs> and <laughs> like a, a, a 80s skiing movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah and it's just like one week a year of like debauchery like i mean it's like fountain like booze fountains little bubblers right where you just can like slurp up some some whiskey like everywhere uh i think it you just if they had that one week of full-blown debauchery to look forward to and then they would like and then what you you get the added bonus of them like sobering up and being so filled with shame for all the fucked up shit that they did that they never thought they could do <laughs> that. They're just going to like keep their head down and, and take care of business. And it'll take about like 26 weeks before they like 
don't hate themselves anymore and they forget kind of like that the that ick washes away and you and then you start thinking about how fun it might be again if you, you do it different next time of course but you yeah. like, you know it'd be fun you know it'd be fun to like hang out with these people again in like this environment it, i i think amazon has a lot of opportunity to make um their employees like complain less about having to piss in bottles you know and what's it cost them just one week of i mean it's expensive but in the long run when you think of how much it costs to train employees these days man i don't know jeff bezos can give me a call i get some ideas dude we were at so i was at this work thing uh about a month ago and we had a meeting because we have like little subgroups where you know it's like a, a smaller group of people meet and they talk about like industry stuff and training and best practices and things like that. And like, you know, it's like anything like that. Like there's, there's 25% of it in there that's useful. And they were doing like this little, you know, uh, group think session where they're like, what, let's talk about, you know, what we might cover in future meetings and stuff. And then like, you know, there's 40 people in this room and like four of them do all the talking, of course. And they're just floating like ideas. Like some of them are just so bad. Like, and at <laughs> one point, one of the guys goes, he goes, well, you know, I'm trying to hire people and I don't know what to do with these millennials and millennials, uh, millennials just start us into that. You know, and he goes, he goes, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear what you guys are doing to hire people and how you're, how you're communicating with these millennials. And then one of the guys goes, well, you know, you know, maybe that's a topic we could talk about that. We could bring in an expert on like, you know, communicating with millennials and we could let them kind of give us a, an hour or two hour, <laughs> you know, their their thoughts on the thing and i was like sitting there just shaking like i will kill myself if i have to sit through this meeting <laughs> you're like or i'm not or, sitting through this <laughs> or you could ask one right here i'm i'm sitting here you could ask one you don't have to have a whole workshop just ask something like they go what do we do i don't know how to talk to them we should hire an expert instead of just like literally asking what what's What's the problem right now? Why? Yeah, what do they tell you makes them unhappy about working there? And then they tell you and they go, no, that can't be it. Like, it's like, <laughs> it can't be that they want to make more money. <laughs> they're like, the problem is nobody wants to work. The, I, I, the, the problem is nobody wants to work these days. Nobody. And it's like, yeah. Like, no, nobody wants to do the worst job of all time for the least amount of money possible. That's <laughs> I already did all the Google stuff. I got rid of all the office chairs and brought in like uh, medicine balls. Yeah, I got, that's how we all sit. Just like, or just pay me. Just pay us. Just I got you me. a standing desk and a second monitor. What else do you want? <laughs> Jeremiah would be so triggered right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, guys, well, guys, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> That was my Jeremiah impression. I think I, I think that my Batman impression might be better, but <laughs> you got some compliments on that. I did. I <laughs> that was that's pretty good. Pretty off the rails. I don't. It it was fun, but 
uh, maybe a little more of a heads up next time so I could not have to get into character on the fly, you know? See, if I give you a heads up about certain things, though, then I have to listen to you. Listen to the <laughs> app about it for a week. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> we definitely need to do another. I'm going to pick a shorter one with maybe half as many characters. Yeah, less this. characters would be good. <laughs> you know, it was fun until we had to like get into Shepard one and two, uh, and then it, like it set it started like a whole new scene. Uh, that was awfully written. I mean, it was so bad. Um, if anyone have doing, talked I, about doing like a weekly Sunday school stream, yes, and maybe having puppets and flannel gram flannel grams, is that flannel what it's graphs. called? Flannel graphs, yeah, yeah. I would like to. F- we we really want to figure out how to get like a like a Sunday morning, like a church thing going. Um, a little <laughs> real quick, just like. A little bit of Sunday school, a little bit of flannel graph, maybe, some, yeah, like Casey said, some puppet ministry stuff. Um, just a little satirical approach to the worst aspects of church. And uh, definitely, definitely use bolo ties. I think we'll go for that vibe. Uh, that Midwest church. Uh, Cowboy church. Yeah. I know a guy who pastors one of those. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we get some ideas. We'll see uh, what happens. It's tough to make things happen. I would, if, God, this is when it'd be nice to live close. Uh, I, we keep talking to bands uh, that no one lives near each other, and they can just like send each other their music from across the country and and work it out. And it's cool that they can do that. I just still feel pretty old school in the way that it would be so much easier to accomplish the things that we would like to do if we were within. Uh, you know, a quick drive from one another, but here it we are. It would be fun. Uh, uh, last news item before we go to, uh, before we go to our guest. Mm-hmm. So I know you saw it, but in case any of the listeners didn't see it, there was a story this week about a, uh, a g- <laughs> this is a Navy reserve pilot instructor from Mississippi. And he engaged in what he called Christian civil disobedience when he traveled to Des Moines, Iowa and knocked down and beheaded a Baphomet statue in the uh, where did he drive from? How far from uh, Mississippi? It says he's from my geography is pretty bad. Mississippi to Iowa is. That's got to be 12, 16 to 18 hours, maybe. Okay. See? Let's that see. A bad Let's guess see. On my part. Jackson, Mississippi to Des Moines. Hmm. Oh, it's not the, quite that far. It's 12 hours. Oh, that's what I said. I'm not as dumb as I thought. That's nice. You nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, what a goober, dude. What a fucking. Like, what a. He's just. He's a nerd. He's a dork. Like, to be that passionate about a statue that's not even in, like, it's not even in your area. You're just picking battles. Like, how much shit could he, that would he have a problem with in his own area? He has to drive that far to knock over a statue in a community that's not his. You're just a dork. He's, hey, did he get arrested? I think he's getting what he wants. He's like, 
attention doing the news channel tours and yeah i mean it's this was all about attention i think i read that he had run for he had run for some sort of government seat at some point and failed his name is michael cassidy and oh nice yeah he's he's just running all over the place doing every every public meeting possible i didn't see whether he got arrested or anything on it but i don't think so because i mean he's literally like on fox news and cnn and stuff talking about what he did but dude they just like christians don't get what the satanic temple is always doing and they really don't want to get it no they don't it's literally like telling them Santa Claus isn't real to be like, you know that the Satanic Temple is like a political group that's trying to make a statement about the separation of church and state. Like, they don't believe in Satan. They're not worshiping Satan. They're literally doing this to show you how absurd, like, you're being by demanding things, you know, that, that cater to your religion. Like, it's just and a, they do it's that. a they, mirror reflection. They demand things. Doing on the grounds of their religious beliefs is what they do. And it's just like the, yeah, they're just taking a page out of their book and rolling with it. And this guy is clearly as going for like the George Santos route of like, how absurd can I be to get the attention I need to win enough of the public opinion in order to like get what I want. It's like, which congratulations to George Santos, by the way, for being what the fourth, third, I don't know senator just like be kicked out like they're just like you're not senator anymore <laughs> yeah and his response and just to like spilling so the beans funny. yeah his response to it <laughs> his response to it was so fun everything about him is honestly perfect it took longer for him to lose his job than it should have uh, <laughs> it did yeah but it, all around just one of the most incredible fun story like he's to get where he got as like a gay man with the beliefs that he has, it, it, which is none, no real conviction of over anything. He, I love that. I love him. I hate him, but man, I fucking, I love, I love how much of like how much it exposed, how horse shit everything really is. It's just a dog and pony show. And we actually owe him a debt of gratitude for what, <laughs> for for him showing us how fucking bullshit our political system actually is. So con- thank you, uh, George. Uh, we appreciate you, and I'd love to have you on the podcast someday. Yeah. It was clear long before he got into office, like it, he won in spite of like people knowing that he had lied about all this stuff. Bold like, lied. Like dude, made, if- not even like, some people mislead or misrepresent or embellish, punch up their resume. But he made the whole fucking thing up. Everything. Yeah, and 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 for him to like take office in the middle of all that, you know, and it, have it be so obvious that like this guy's not who he says he is. Like, if you're a senator or a congressman or whatever, and you lean over to him and you're like, "Hey, you want to be in our insider trading Telegram group?" Like, you deserve to be outed. Yeah. Like. <laughs> God, it, 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 at least so if you're going to cheat, like be smarter about it. Don't bring that guy in on things. Like- <laughs> <laughs> we won. Everyone's probably like, fuck that. Every, every, then they like have to like 
lie through their teeth like ah, congratulations like everyone knew it was a bad it was bad for them to have like a total goofball walk in and shake the place up a bit i god what a what a true american story right there that is that's what this those are the ideals that this country was founded on that anyone can become anything i love it it's beautiful amen really looking forward to cpac next year headlined by Michael Cassidy and the sword that he used to cut off Baphomet's head and uh, a lady who saw Jesus's face on a Pringle and Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It looking forward to it. Sponsored by five one one tech. Blackwater coffee. Is that what no, what is it? <laughs> Black, Black rifle, rifle coffee. Co- Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> also sponsored by Blackwater. Uh, all right, our guest. Uh, our guest this week is uh, Chris Oberholzer. Uh, he's in a band that I fucking love uh, called Tan and Handsome. And Tan and Handsome's been doing some cool shit. They're a pretty new band. Uh, they have on Spotify just uh, this year, they put out their first album. Um, a quick little jam. and Six tracks, 22 minutes. Spotify recognizes an EP, but... As uh well, I guess that conversation hasn't come out yet, but we recently talked to someone that gave us the business on how Spotify recognizes albums, singles, and EPs. It was pretty interesting. You'll hear that one coming up eventually. But either way, uh, they got one album out, and they got it. They also put another single this year called Snake Church, with some really fun art of uh, some church people doing some snake handling. Uh, absolutely love his band. That's why I really wanted to have Chris on. And they're doing some cool shit. They just played uh, a show with Johnny Booth, great hardcore band. Uh, another band that we've been we've talked about at length. Uh, it's come up. They've come up a number of times. They just played a show with Darkest Hour, and they got one coming up. Actually, I guess we're recording this Sunday night, twelve seventeen, and as we speak, they're playing uh, with the the Callous Dow Boys, and another band that's been making their waves so they're doing some cool shit i can't wait till they like really hit the road they're fantastic uh the hope is to uh before jumping into our interview to uh cut in a little bit of their music here so you get an idea for the sound of it but uh i absolutely love it we had an awesome conversation with chris he's a great guy um so check out their uh check him out on instagram tan and handsome and check out their website they have cool merch i think a lot of it's still up on the website uh, I got one of their shirts. It rips off the Miller Light, uh, the Miller High Life logo, and it says Tan and Handsome, and it looks great. I love it, and I'll probably post a picture on the Instagram soon. Uh, if you like the show, give us a rating, and uh, do that on Apple or on Spotify, preferably. Wherever, though, wherever they give you the option to rate, rate it. Um, we are putting episodes up on YouTube now. If you want to see the video version, uh, there was like some confusion a uh, month or two ago where like we switched platforms and then they're like, you can upload your video here. And so I thought that was a cool idea. But then I realized like everybody has to now download like a two gig file in order to <laughs> listen to the show. <laughs> so it's on YouTube now. Some of them don't have video. It's just what it is. But I'm doing my best to get them up there. Um, join our discord i say it every time but 
The Discord's awesome, and there's a lot of cool people there. And uh, it's a good place to tell us about, you know, what you're most worried your mom's going to ask you at Christmas. Uh, Which, you know, maybe it's when are you planning on having kids? Maybe it's, are you gay? Maybe (laughs) it's, uh, you know, what do you what do you know about the cloud ships? And, uh, you know, the the second return of of christ in the form of an alien maybe it's one of those things tell us in the discord you can join that by following the the link tree in our in our instagram bio and yeah enjoy our conversation with chris oberholzer We are back with our guest, Chris Oberholzer, from the incredible Tan and Handsome, which is, Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks, y'all. This will be fun. Yeah, definitely excited to talk to you. I um, uh, I was introduced to you through our mutual friend, uh, Jesse, also a friend mm-hmm. of the podcast. He uh, sent me you guys' music, and from the second I turned it on, I fucking loved it and was like, I would like to talk to this guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, man. No, yeah, I was wondering how you guys came across it because you like messaged us and was like, hey, love the EP. And then yeah. I realized it was because you and Jesse are friends. And I was like, that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, it's it, uh, dude, it's so sick. I honestly was like trying to think of like a good way to even describe it. It's just, I don't know, man. I, it's, I feel like everyone just is genre bendy at this point when it comes to me. People just kind of doing their own shit. Like I feel like coming mm-hmm. up in like the metalcore world, it was just like, uh, like that was that was my jam, metalcore. So you're just like, yeah. Even though they riffed different, like metalcore had a pretty, it, just, it was a tried and true formula, you know, you just, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it was his pop. Like it was like a typical pop formula. You'd, you know, verse chorus, verse chord yeah. bridge kind of shit. Um, and now it's just like, I feel like every band I come across now is just people doing something. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of the ones that I'm finding myself gravitating towards, is just like people just doing their own shit, having fun with it and not really sticking to a meta at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing with like metalcore too. That's even like a broad term these days because it's like yeah, it goes anywhere from like as they lay dying to like converge. People would say was like a metalcore band. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah. The genres make no sense to me. I can't track them. I don't yeah. know what the the lines are around any yeah. of them. No, they don't. We just talked to uh, has it has oh, it might it might come out by the time this one does. But we talked to uh, like from a second story window is back. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're into them, but they like even they're like kind of branded into the metalcore genre, and it was just like I, I wouldn't yeah. have like thrown them necessarily yeah. into that, or you would have put all your caveats right. It's just like yeah. that was also it was funny uh, in the MySpace days. I remember every every local metal they're all metalcore bands, but they were like they would just try to like throw in as many different 
variations of that as they could just to make it sound like they're really progressive of some sort it's like yeah. metal core prog metal tech metal death metal you're like you're not everything and you're 17 yeah. and you're <laughs> yeah, <good. exactly. laughs> yeah your band is bad <laughs> <laughs> which you know that's a rite of passage you got to go through that first uh that first bad band um, oh, I had plenty of that. Yeah, let's oh, yeah. we'll get into that. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk bad bands, and and we'll yeah. we'll shift into that when we. Uh, I'm guessing you probably started maybe doing the band thing in high school, like uh, yeah. most of us. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, Where did you gr- what what area of the country did you grow up in? Unless you shifted around a lot, but let's get into it. Um, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Okay, so like two hours from Lynchburg. Um, there you go. Yeah, so basically born and raised there, grew up around like all the counties and kind of have stuck here. Um, the only time I lived somewhere different was I lived in Colorado because I did YWAM. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, so I did there that and then was in Columbia for a couple months with that. So, yeah. Y-Wam. Did you cast any demons when you were in YWAM? Oh, for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, but I did have like one... Uh, None of the exorcism stuff I really saw at YWAM, but I did at home to, like, one of my friends. There was, like, an exorcism that, like, happened where he was, like, at my house and would cast a demon out of him. It was kind of wild. <laughs> um, and you think about it sometimes, it was still kind of scary and kind of convincing in a way. But, like, yeah. but also, I mean, the guy was epileptic, too. So it's, like, you know, uh, you, you cast like that. the, the yeah. of yeah. maybe that was so, yeah, the when, demon's when, name but yeah maybe it was maybe but yeah when we, were, when we were like 17 there was like you know our friends having some episode and of course we just assumed it was a demon yeah it, it, out of him. <laughs> it is funny to think about how like throughout history that's probably mostly what people considered evil spirits or just yeah people would like medical Un- unresolved medical issues that no one was dealing with epilepsy back in the day they're just like oh you yeah. did something you did something weird and like the solution was either to cast a demon or to throw you into a lake with rocks yeah, yeah <laughs> tied exactly. around your ankles it's <laughs> <laughs> like no medium yeah Dude, just waking up from a seizure with like a group of people around you yeah, screaming like, and hitting you with things yeah. <laughs> waterboarding you with you know, <laughs> blood letting you like urinal drippings <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, Wait, so did you grow you up in like a? Uh, did you grow up in like a real, uh, like charismatic church or something like that? Well, sort of. So it's basically, yeah, I grew up in like a charismatic kind of evangelical one, all up until high school. Then I went to a Mennonite high school, so we went to a Mennonite church because I think mainly because that church was going to pay the whole tuition to the Mennonite high school. So we switched over that throughout high school, and then kind of after that. My parents like went back to uh, like more of just the non-denominational ones um, and weren't really in the Mennonite community as much anymore. Um, and then I went to YOM. So, you know, and then also I was homeschooled. So all of it's a recipe for like some fucking weirdo. Yeah, but. <laughs> dude, Mennonites are. I mean, I guess I can't speak from personal experience, but I've, you know, the thing that stuck out to me for Mennonites was when I found out like you know you didn't have to prove if you were part of a Mennonite congregation or whatever you didn't have to prove that you were were like a conscientious objector if there's a draft like Mennonites are pretty chill on the whole like yeah violence thing and I remember being yeah. like well, that's kind of cool it's nice to know there are some Christians that don't just love violence you know? yeah no definitely. I mean that was that's like the biggest staple of like the Mennonite church it yeah. seems like so it's like no there, there's definitely some really good stuff that comes from there 
yeah, um, from that yeah, right. entire community. Uh, what, uh, so okay, so early church years were in like a charismatic environment. Like, what uh, what did that look like? I mean, was that's what I'm always curious about because you hear about like speaking in tongues and stuff. But I guess when I think about it, I don't really know where that fits into the church service. You know. Yeah, it would just be during the worship service when someone comes up to like do a prophecy or something. They'd take like a break and the music's still going a little bit. And like people would, I mean, people would be speaking in tongues in the crowd or like somebody would go up and speak in tongues to the mic, like in the middle of the worship service. And somebody else would like feel the spirit and go translate it for everybody. Was it like Um, in the bulletin? Was there like 15 minutes set aside for that? That was like, well, actually, yeah. Well, there was, there was like kind of like the prophecy section Portion. of the service which wow was like, i like that which was like Schedule. before the yeah before the sermon and everything so it'd be kind of just like you know free reign raise your hand get the mic if you went over the 15 minutes, tongues and then hopefully somebody can translate it for you. <laughs> if you went <laughs> over that 15 minutes the rest of that prophecy didn't come true like only the things yeah, i guess yeah, yeah yeah like oh you're over your time that's just not gonna happen now dude i mean yeah it feels like it would have like a compulsory sort of feel to it almost sometimes like uh, it's like you go to a show and the band is like clearly playing their last song and you're like the older you get, the more you sit there and go, are we going to have to do this whole rigmarole with the freaking the encore, the yeah. encore and one more song. They kind of walk off <laughs> yeah. stage, but they're still sort of holding their instruments. Yes. And stuff, you know, the lights are still like, off. You're like, we know yeah. what's happening. I imagine like, that it doesn't happen. Does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it doesn't happen. And the band's like, Guess they don't want an encore. Overplayed our hand a little bit. Oh. And now we're going to be yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> But then sometimes they'll do it anyway when not enough people are like, like cheering yes. for the encore. Like I saw that you know, remember that band, the Great Commission? Yeah, and all that shit. encore band. They did that one time when we were playing a festival with them in one of my old bands. Just like there's like five people in the front row, nobody else like chanting for one more song. And it's at a festival and they're not the last band playing, but then they just came out and played another song anyway. That should just be against the rules for festivals. Absolutely. You can't try to solicit an encore. You have 20 minutes. Do a tight 20 and get the fuck off the stage. It's (laughs) absolutely. Dude, I mean, I was just at a show the other night. um, And I was like, so I thought there was two openers. Uh, The band I wanted to see, I thought was playing third because there was another band who was doing their farewell show. And I'm like, cool. I'll be, you know, I might be out of there by 1030. That'd be sick. Uh, no, there was a surprise opener. You know, they added the extra yeah. band on, and then the band I wanted to see. I got in, and you see that their um, their band. You see their drum kit up that the the opening band is using. It's got their logo on yeah, it, yeah. and you go, ah, fuck, they're closing. Like if they're if everyone's using their kit, they're closing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I didn't get home till you know twelve thirty. It just sucks. Yeah, You're like it, 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 it really does. The openers are like. Need, need our, <laughs> They're doing the whole like big yeah. act thing, right? And I think yeah. what the, what I love they play for like forty five minutes. Also, they definitely play longer yeah. than you would expect for being an opener. Yeah. And they're just like introducing the band members and doing the like yeah, like big intro. I'm like nobody yeah. know like you guys are lucky to be here. Don't make this such a big thing. Yeah, uh, just play your play a tight set and get off, and you might you know walk away with some fans. I just walked away being annoyed, and then like the bands who had been band who have done the whole circuit. It's just like. 
they literally like just they did their set like the the best is like you play a song you say hey what's up this is who we are maybe you do two and then you do that and then you go towards the end you go hey we got two songs left this is who we are this is the merch over there and then you roll into it like you don't need this it's like the tighter you keep it the more i love it now and it's so different when i was younger where you're like tell me your story tell me everything i want it's like i i was the person who um uh they just wanted to hear you know just themselves validated through the bands that they loved but it's you just want to keep it tight now keep it tight no yeah yeah keep it tight roll through your set make it 20 minutes you don't yeah. need to talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because I hate talking on stage. We finally just got like samples. So I just don't like have to talk like once. Nice. <laughs> I just like run out of things. I was like, so yeah, it's like people, there's been a thing, nice change. There's but. a feeling that some people have where they want like a front man to also be like, like inspirational to them or something like that. Charismatic like, preacher. Yes. For, yeah. To some degree, that's what I think some people do want. They want them to, especially when they really connect to the music and shit, which is great. I mean, you obviously as an artist, you want people to connect to your music, but yeah. um, anyway, keep yeah. it tight, when's, everybody. When, yeah. When's the last time you heard somebody like actually preach on stage? Oh, oh I think for me, question. it was like, uh, I think it was for today. It would have to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That was the last living one. <laughs> they did a lot. I definitely saw else. them go off at like a crappy music festival because like some kid punched another kid or pushed him or something. It was like one of those uh, preambles to a fight that's never going to happen between junior hires. And it's like, hey, we want to take this opportunity to say that we promote peace and we love everybody. And this is for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it must have been. Wow. I mean, it wasn't. It, I don't think I've heard a band preach from stage since I was in uh, going to a show in Lynchburg. So that would have been pre. Yeah. That would have been like, like cross point or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you went to some cross point shows. Yeah, I well, I I played once at cross point, and that I think it was, it was like a plea for Pershing's last show. Like, oh, what? Oh, oh, nice. Anyways. It was called Blood of the Martyrs. Oh fuck, dude! I didn't like the metalcore band. Yeah, yeah. I actually well, that, saw that show. That's so fucking awesome. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was there. I was playing. Well, that was my last. That was my last show with that band. Actually, it was like so. Right after I graduated high school, what I did is I went and like instead of going to Liberty University, I joined that band. <laughs> um, okay, and that's then, a good so, choice. Yeah, I t- I toured with them for like a year, um, and then but yeah, that was my last show with them. But yeah, so I was yeah I was around Lynchburg and stuff like that. Dude, that's so funny. A plea yeah. for, everyone loved when a plea for purging came through. Uh, did you, yeah. did, uh, cross point? Did you ever ever do? Uh, Living Word was a, they had the house on the church uh, grounds and the, like it was like this small ass house and a plea for purging played there a couple of times. I don't know if any bands you played and ever went through. It was it. really fun. Like you would feel the so. floor like yeah. bouncing, like just yeah. Walking. They had, people would go like the, I knew a kid who would like go under and like reinforce it with like stacking cinder blocks under there. So the floor yeah. gave in while people were just jumping around and shit. It was such a cool place. Yeah. Um, wait, that, wait, was it, was that in Lynchburg? Or was that like more in between that and like Richmond? It was, I might in, be thinking of it it was totally... in Lynchburg. It was okay. like I'm thinking one of totally the main roads there, but yeah. Yeah. That's so wild, dude. Ah, I love that. I blood of them. That's a name I probably like. I hadn't thought about in so long. Blood of the Martyrs. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Me. It was wild. <laughs> uh, all right, hold on. Let's uh, go. No, go ahead, Casey. Yeah, go for it. Curious, like so. 
man, I'm stuck on the tongues thing. Like, oh yeah, yeah, so, okay, yeah. yeah so we we during, go back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During your yeah. prophecy segment, like <laughs> yeah. at church, yeah. Did the same people tend to get up most of the time? Like, oh, absolutely. Did you yeah, just yeah. like kind of sighed of a sigh of despair when you saw the same guy like get up and start walking towards the mic? I mean, I was kind of like, whatever, you know. <laughs> at the time, I don't know if I was, you know. Maybe I I, I might have been getting excited. Honestly, it's like, oh, this one's gonna have something good to say. <laughs> this guy, but I was yeah. always always hoping. Yeah, he, for a he always story. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was just like, yeah, there'd be that section, and sometimes it would be like something where I don't know if this was because the passages didn't have a sermon prepared, but they were like, <laughs> I just remember specifically three Sundays in a row where he just like puts that time and that worship time on and on and on. And it was like, I just feel the spirit coming. We're just going to do one more song. And there was just, you know, an hour long service of just like worship music and like prophesying and speaking in tongues. Dude, he, and then, you know, no sermon at all. It's like, I'm like, I'm didn't prepare one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like up too late like, that night. This, yeah. Or he's like, this worked last Sunday. I can just pull this off again for the next two Sundays in a row. You realized on dig- Sunday that he could go an entire week without actually doing any work at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Literally just at home trying to impregnate his wife for the eighteenth time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like that Mennonite he's plan. Like, he's on the mission to get those uh, Irish twins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide if I would have liked that when I was a kid or if I would have hated it. I think it probably depends on how old I was. Like junior high me would have yeah. really hated it, but probably wouldn't have loved the sermon part either. Yeah. I mean, I kind of remember being stoked in like elementary school being like some more guitars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> The tongue thing is just magical at that point. You're just like, I mean, at that, if you're a kid, you just buy, you'll, you know, what I should say, if you're a kid, you'll buy anything. Cause obviously a lot of adults still buy into that. I mean, people buy yeah. into, you know, crystals and healing stones too. So it's not just yeah. uh Christian people that buy into some stuff that I think is hokey as fuck. So, well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe we have some Reiki healers that listen to the podcast, but I think what you do is pretend. <laughs> Yeah, that might also not be real. <laughs> if you're removing toxins from my body by getting your energy near mine or whatever, I don't know. I don't I know anything. This is, I know nothing about Reiki. I'm going to move on. But you know what? I will dump on constantly chiropractors. I can't go too many episodes without taking a shit on chiropractors. Anyway, it does go back oh, to yeah. that is this, a lot. Is this a thing? Is this a part of the podcast? Yeah, this is just. <laughs> I get, I'm a a chiropractor. Yeah, <laughs> chiropractors. I get I get paid to just dump on chiropractors by Big Pharma. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's our first deal. That's our first big contract. Is Big yeah. Pharma. Um, uh, yeah, the, the tongues thing though was, there was a magical component to it. I never, when I, I didn't grow up in that world. Um, yeah. I, I was always made, I felt uneasy about it. There was, I was kind of given the impression that like you had to be careful with that stuff because sometimes demons were infiltrating churches and, uh, yeah, three yeah. people. Did you, so oh. you, that was a concern. Well, no, I, was, I would, no, yeah, they, yeah. They would have that too. It's like certain things were like uh-huh. fine, but then there'd be like. I don't know. Do you remember that whole thing about like the Kundalini spirit? No, it was like, 
It was, like, basically talking about how there was this, like, ancient spirit that it basically acts out in the same way of people, like, shaking on the floor and everything like that. I so, like, this. So, yeah, even in some of those, like, charismatic churches and stuff like that, they were still fearful about, like, some of those, like, demonic things coming in. So, so yeah, how, it was kind of a weird balance on which the, I don't... <laughs> how'd you know that the spirit wasn't a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing? How, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Was it the translation? Was it the person that, like, how would you yeah, know it, for certain? It's like, it's like they only like, like tongues and stuff they felt like was written in the Bible. But what, so basically like, they would believe things in like tongues and stuff like that because it was in scripture and everything. But then when it got into the, I, I guess you would call it like the drunk on the Holy Spirit thing. Where yeah. people were just like flopping around going insane. That they just thought like was too similar to things that were happening in like some other different country that was a result of this spirit that was called the Kundalini spirit. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's okay. what it was called. I'm going to, if go I remember that, I, I haven't really thought about this thing in a, in like 10 years, but it's coming back to me. <laughs> well, but it, yeah, the I remember it. I'm making yeah. are that yeah. it looks too similar to things going on in those other countries makes me feel like there might be some racist subtext going on yeah absolutely well, no. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm yeah That's pretty sure that crazy. was definitely a thing going on there they might have not known it but they were definitely you know being That's... pretty racist <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. i've never heard of that spirit i'm definitely going to be looking that one up uh yeah do you get any good demon stories you remember any uh any like stories from the pulpit about demons that really freaked you out as a kid um Man, I don't know. I mean, there there definitely were some. There's none that like st stick out to me besides the one that like I was a part of that I was talking about earlier. Um, but some things that did really scare me. There were it wasn't like demon stories, but there was always this uh, there was this play that came through called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. I think it was a touring thing because like a couple of years ago, I just like looked it up again to just like see how crazy it was. But it was basically just like it would be a play of of stories of people who died and either, you know, accepted God or not. So in the end, they'd either go up to, you know, heaven with Jesus or they'd go down to the side of the stage where the devil and all his demons come out just like all dressed up and, you know, they're their you know demon gear taking them, yeah. just dragging them and taking them down to the fire. They're like fighting and stuff to like wow. get away. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, I remember seeing that as a kid, uh -oh. you know, every single time I'd just be right back up at the altar. Like, I gotta, I gotta make sure I don't die in a car accident, right? <laughs> None of no that. No kidding, dude. None yeah. of that. But no, it's crazy <laughs> because in it too, there would be stories of like, there was one where like a kid and his dad died in a car wreck. And like right before the dad was like talking to his kid about how he didn't really need to go to church and stuff like that. That's like mom saying it or whatever. And then they die and they get separated at the gates. So, like, the kid just sees his dad get dragged to hell. But then, you know, Jesus comes down and comforts him and is like, no, it's fine. You're coming to heaven with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. No, no, it's fine. It's Let me. Like, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> your dad's over there. But look, it's honestly, as soon as you get over here, it's going to be so good. You forget all about your dumb dead dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was wrong. <laughs> Uh, so true, dude. That's yeah. built into the that's yeah. in a, that's coded in. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Just so fucking dumb on earth. 
Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't realize that I was real. <laughs> you know, he's just, Bye, he's just buddy. Like a, <laughs> just, yeah. Like an angry, uh, angry, like bitter dad talking crap on your like stepdad. It just yeah. all the time. Jesus is like, he's like, yeah, aren't you glad to be here instead of with your stupid dad? Yeah. yeah. What a failure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I remember because uh, there was there was there was like a couple of things like uh, there was those traveling acts that would come through like that, you know, yeah. but then there was also like recurring plays and skits that churches did, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. And I was thinking about the lighthouse this. skit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a classic, dude. The classics never die. Yeah. There was well, one that somebody yeah. in our church did, and my dad was in it. It was like a two person thing, which is funny because my dad never really did any of that kind of stuff. But for some reason, he ended up getting drugged into this deal. But it was like, like two person like, thing, as in two, your dad was like the bottom half of a horse costume. Is it like that kind of two person thing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He was, he stood beside the manger in the, uh, the yeah, that, be scene. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to be yeah, a what, donkey's what, figure, and we thought of you. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Was he the bottom or the top? You yeah. know, that's like, <laughs> you're the guy in the back who bends at a 90 degree angle and wraps his arms around the waist of the man in front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my dad didn't talk in this one. He was supposed to be like representing Jesus in this like skit. And the other person was just supposed to be like talking through their. If I remember correctly, they were talking to him as if they were praying. Right. And explaining that, like, ta- you know, asking him for this and asking him for that and stuff. And then like they're supposed to be leaving and going about their day. And Jesus is like following them out the door and they keep explaining to him why they need him to stay here and not come with them because they're they're leaving Jesus at home. You know, he's it's just like yeah. Sundays. Uh, it's like an Air Bud with the kids trying to get rid of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so like it just goes on and on, and then finally, like the person the the person starts to like get agitated and stuff in the play, and then they like my dad's standing there and he's just silent the whole time and he keeps walking behind him. And then suddenly they're like, I told you to stay here. And they like pick up his hands and mock nail them (laughs) to the wall. And somebody was behind the the stage with like another microphone. So they made like a good, like like, sound effect for the hammer. And we were just like, Oh, wow. That's powerful. Where did it go? I need to know where it went after that. That's awesome. No, that was that it. How it, it ended? just fade to black. That was yeah, the cradle like, Christ moment. Like you killed Jesus kind of thing. Yeah, you nailed yeah. him to the cross so that he wouldn't <laughs> follow you to the pawn shop to sell your grandma's TV. For That, that is a pretty good message. Like telling children that they're responsible for the death of Christ. I, I mean, that's, so, that's pretty cool. You don't get everything wrong. Yeah badass dude <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you're trying to, like what better way to make them just go numb to dark things than to just be like you actually are responsible for nailing christ's arms to the cross you're four yeah you yeah. did that and you're yeah. like oh shit and then you're like why doesn't my kid care about the uh well-being of others later on and he's like i already killed one motherfucker <laughs> do it again yeah. <laughs> i'll get them all oh man He's over there yeah. just nailing oh. kids to like playground equipment. 
<laughs> you have hammered it felt on so it. good when i did it to jesus i just had to keep going <laughs> it's like making a million the first one's the hardest <laughs> yeah <laughs> then oh, your money awesome. makes your money oh god yeah. do you guys remember like any traveling musical groups coming through like those weird church tours i don't know if i really remember a lot of this see no we I, didn't we get much music i was seeing the cool shit so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys not I remember skillet and cutlass you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was just like occasionally it wasn't a lie it was probably like twice a year like without warning no you know advanced notice there would just be somebody that would show up on a sunday night and it's like oh this is you know Terry Williams and he's he's doing special music for the service tonight and it would just be like some guy that you've never heard of singing to a backtrack for like the entire Sunday night service and yeah. usually it was pretty bad but yeah. like there was one guy I remember and he was kind of like a country western sort of dude so he had like some twangy songs, you know, and had some actual like background music behind some of his songs. And there was like this miserable old prick that was like, he, he dude, his spine was like a question mark. He just like hobbled around <laughs> all stooped over. And just like the minute he saw anyone smiling, he would go ruin it. Like that was just who he was. <laughs> Mr. Pius. His name was Ted. And uh, I remember this guy was singing like this country song and it had like steel guitar in it or something in the backtrack. And yeah, he he got up in the middle of the song, like in the middle of the service. And he goes, this sounds like it came from the jungles of Africa. And then walked out. <laughs> Holy shit. Nobody liked him, but he was there every time the doors were open. There's yeah. no like, yeah. And what's wild is like, no one would say anything about that. They just, th that in that environment, people can say crazy shit like that and they just like let it go. Everyone rolls their eyes yeah. or they're like, oh God, that was weird. Uh, but yeah. they're never going to be like, hey man, it was listen. just weird. Yeah, yeah. overstepped. <laughs> and no one gets yeah. accused of overstepping in church unless it's like yeah. because you lived with your significant other before you got married. Yeah. Then yeah. people will walk all over your ass. But yeah. Or you got divorced or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God forbid. <laughs> it's it's the extremist uh, slant. Like whoever's the most extreme in the room sets the pace for the entire group. Yeah. And no one ever calls them out on anything. Yeah. Because then it's that just guy, a he was miserable. Whoever you are. Like, well, if that guy can do that, then I can be myself. No problem. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Chris, you said you're a homeschooled. Are you a homeschooled your whole life kid? What was the uh, what's the homeschool situation? Know, Mennonite school for some of it. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So, so up in basically up until high school. So it was, yeah. So like kindergarten stuff started going to public school, got pulled out of it like halfway through first grade. So all right. All of that through. Then I went to like a like private Christian school in eighth grade. So that's when I started like going back to school again. And then I went to the Mennonite high school. Okay. Grade. So. I don't know if that counts or not. Oh, it, <laughs> what, true what, was, but, what was the eighth grade year like? If you only did a year there, was it was it bad or was there some reason that you didn't stay there? Well, they didn't have a high school. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just so caught like, like the it. last year of it. Yeah. 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 Isn't that hilarious? It's like we're a Christian school up through eighth grade and then we'll throw you to the wolves. Like they don't. Yeah. Yeah. The formative years. We'll just build up soldiers, you. baby. Yeah. yeah send them out to the world. <laughs> or it's like the height of human arrogance. They're like, we are so absolutely certain that we've instilled the, the love of Christ in these people through eighth by eighth grade that we know yeah. they're going to be soldiers for Christ in high school yeah. in their public high school. How could they possibly change their mind? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you None of that new information is going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to organize see you at the poll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what yeah. my kids for. That's it. We need <laughs> people. They need the you're they, they uh, yeah. upon graduation, 8th grade graduation, they um they'd be like you guys are ambassadors now, ambassadors for Christ. Yeah, that's uh, that's well, the uh, message I got. Well, hey, the Mennonites had it through high school. That's why I could go to a high school school. So, yeah, yeah. the Mennonites like, weren't like, we'll stop it in eighth grade. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Did you like that? Did yeah. you want to go to public school or were you just kind of fine with whatever? you were doing um i well i just wanted to, i wanted to go to school after being like homeschooled for a while yeah like i wanted, Dude, to, that was, I wanted, to, I wanted to go to high yeah. school so bad and i was like really like i was a, a good kid i wasn't doing anything yeah. that my parents didn't want me to do i wasn't fucking drinking smoking i was doing none of that yeah. and yeah i was like so bummed i couldn't go to high school because i started like i didn't really have a lot of friends i didn't have any friends outside of church until i was 17 um yeah. And I met these other just started to meet some people that I thought were really cool. And I was like, it would be nice to go to school for like my junior, senior year. And I was like, yeah. so on the straight and narrow, dude. I mean, but even when I went to my freshman year of college at community college, I'm like, I was like that. annoy. I was probably annoying to some people. I guess I had friends and people liked me, but it was like I was the Christian guy. I was the guy that needed people to know he was a Christian. Um, and it was like I was just that that into it and it that yeah it, it bothered that? me so fucking much that my parents just wouldn't wouldn't that they that they because the the irony right they were just afraid of what would happen if they like released me into yeah. the world too early but like that they couldn't actually see me as the person who did truly care about this and like and stuck mm -hmm. with it and and applied those values to my life on a regular basis yeah no yeah definitely um well yeah with that question was like i definitely wanted to go to school and i actually ended up choosing like the private one. Oh yeah mainly because mainly because most of my friends were like going there um but also i remember the specific day that i did it i was gonna i was so i was gonna go to the public school and then i was at their summer football practices and they pushed me so hard that I threw up. And I was like, never mind. I don't want to play football. I want to go hang out with my friends <laughs> at, at the private school. That is what so, I want to do. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome. So part of it was me being, you know, just lazy. <laughs> like, I don't want to work that hard. Yeah. Did the Man Night School awful. have a football team? No. No. Yeah. yeah. Private what sports did you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh? Soccer. Soccer was the big one. There was basketball. I did like track and cross country. I, did, I didn't do any of the cool ones. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, but, but the thing, there was like, there was also like, there was like a touring choir. So basically like, did you got do the to, bells, the bell choir? Did you guys have a bell Oh yeah, choir? we had some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
I don't know if you know this about Mennonites, but they like really pride themselves in their harmonies. So it was like, you know, I didn't that whole like high school was like really. It was like one of the like things that you really wanted to do if you went there was like being the tour and choir. So we did some of that and stuff. They would like take you to Europe and shit. It was like, whoa, yeah, Yeah, that's dope. So it's weird because it would be like a crossover of like the sports kids and the music kids because they all wanted to be like in that thing. Yeah, dude, they did something time. right. Yeah. They're getting everyone to want to. Yeah, be they're getting. Yeah, the exactly. Choir. That yeah, didn't happen <laughs> anywhere else. They're like, no, not at all. <laughs> I liked choir. We did a lot of that kind of stuff when I was yeah. in school. I feel like I didn't like it in junior high, but in high school, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, it all I depended on who you sat next to, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the pretty girl <laughs> versus just that yeah. dorky kid that you didn't really yeah. like that much. Or oh, if yeah. the other person was just funny or not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah, so I, to the funny. <laughs> I didn't have any outside social interactions. I did basketball up until like, fuck, eighth grade, maybe. No, no, it couldn't have even been that. I did. I remember doing a town league uh, when I first I'm trying to think. Of, I must have been 13 or so when I first moved from. Uh, I moved a couple hours away from where I grew up. And I remember like I always did like town leagues and shit. And I remember doing basketball. Is there a homeschool league? No, I, what's like crazy is I didn't, re, yeah, I didn't we had those <laughs> just yeah. homeschool. That's crazy. Um, no, we had homeschool co-ops and shit. Did you do a homeschool co-op? Yeah. 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 We had that for you, sure. You kind of have to, I don't think I know homeschool kids, Christian homeschool kids that don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was uh, I didn't realize until later that I could have just joined like, at least in my state, I guess it varies from place to place on what the rules are, but where I live, you could just whatever your local school was, you could, uh, you could try out for that team. Um, yeah. Just because you're nobody high school was making it onto the normal. Team. No, I wouldn't have yeah. either. I loved playing basketball and I really wanted to do it. And I, I liked it, but then like everyone just got better. This is yeah, yeah. Everyone got better and I didn't. So I was like, I'm not doing this anymore, but then, and that that's fine. But then, yeah, you end up in homeschool co-ops and you're like, I remember our homeschool co-op tried to do things that you couldn't necessarily get at home too good. Like we had a, we had, they had a Spanish class there and it was a woman who spoke yeah. Spanish that would like teach it and stuff. And you're like, that was fine. Like that made sense to me. I was okay with that. Um, like science class in homeschool co-op was like, you know, doing quote unquote science experiments. And then you had to like write about it and do your like, it was trying to do like yeah. lab shit. And I was like this uh, I'm sorry. It just doesn't have the same authenticity when you do it in the church kitchen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, so th- just quick back to the like football thing where you yeah. thought you could like play at a team. It's funny because I was I was talking to one of my coworkers, and she was talking about how she like played in middle school and stuff, and but then like. Somewhere it got like banned in like certain counties or something across the U.S. where you couldn't do that. You couldn't be like somebody playing a sport in a high school team if you were like homeschooled in the area or something like that. Or you had to like live there for like a super long time. But then what oh, changed yeah. it was something called the moving, Tim Tebow. Huh? Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. The kids were moving and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they were trying to get like. Yeah. And then I think there was something called the Tim Tebow law, which I'm pretty sure is what was reversing it since he was a homeschool kid and just wanted like kids to be able to like play sports <laughs> at the like high schools and everything. 
That's so funny. That's I, like I just heard about that the other day. Tim um, Tebow, like, he was, yeah. and he was like the big Christian. Like that's like the yeah, yeah. Christian football player. Of course, he was. Yeah, yeah, school. yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's funny that makes sense because, like, uh, in my town right now, where they're building a new high school, uh, and they're gonna have a great gym, and that team got really good. It was like my local high school's team was awful. Like their basketball team sucked for yeah. years and years, and they uh, the past few years they got like really good. So kids who school choiced out were like, oh, we want to go back. In order to go back, it was like a big process. Like you had to like get a letter signed by your your school saying it was okay to play basketball for your like the school you're going to. And they couldn't get that letter. Yeah. Because it was like the best kids were like, why don't we go back? I get the politics of that, which is also funny because it's like it's high school football. And if there's one or yeah. two families who are willing to like upend everything they're doing to move to like let them play another team. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Over the gusto. If they the love it that much. Yeah. If yeah. they're willing to buy a new house in a new area just so their kid can play on a team that's not as bad as the one they're on. Like, just, are we really making a huge deal out of that? I don't know. Because yeah. some parent who's, like, mad that that new guy's going to overshadow their kids so they're going to miss out on a scholarship that they were never actually going to get in the first place. Yeah, I feel like high school, like s- sports, is probably the biggest deterrent to having kids for me. <laughs> like the thought yeah. of having to go sit through games. You have to is, do that. Yeah. Oh, sounds awful. It wasn't bad when my foster son was doing high school basketball. It was legitimately fun to like uh, to to watch his games. They, they high school's a- fine, but everything before that would suck. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like my son did basketball just last year, tripping all over the place. Yeah. There was like a hundred kids in a. It's like more like a basketball clinic. There's a hundred kids just dribbling and hitting themselves in the face with the ball. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, I don't want to watch your kid suck at basketball. I, it's my, it's fine when it's your own, but I don't want to watch ninety nine other children be awful. Yeah. yeah, my kid's not even getting the ball. <laughs> Come on, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, one kid that just hogs the ball the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but he just he just walks with it. he runs with it and everyone yeah, just runs with it and then he gets tackled by the one kid that mostly plays football <laughs> yeah <laughs> do, do, so were you a christian rock kid oh for sure yes absolutely okay. let's get um, into this yeah actually this is, the gateway? This, is, this is a this is a funny thing because uh I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day because I was like, I should listen to more of these. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but I was like, uh, who's the comedian? It's like Jeremy Alder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's the thing where you were like given his like walkouts of like Christian rock songs, like what would be his like, oh god, like yeah. walkout or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to that and it was funny. And then the next day, I was like at my local bar and like one of the only other dudes like around that really like gets it like <laughs> like what it was like growing up at that time was like sitting there and immediately he we were just like talking about shit and he brought up like big house by audio adrenaline it was talking about emxpx <laughs> and stephen curtis chapman and i was like i just listened to this podcast last night or did you just listen to the same thing as me because <laughs> these are all the songs they talked about <laughs> <laughs> the hits man it was with my roommate too he like that's who was bringing up like steven chris jabbin and stuff but yeah so yeah. what which that's ones what... were you into uh so first band i ever saw well actually first thing i ever saw was michael w smith but first first uh like band that i saw that i wanted to go see was pillar 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. Um, and that was right after I asked, I'm pretty sure I asked my parents for like a rock CD at one point, but they got me like plus one, like that boy band. Faith, faith plus one. Yeah. Is that, Dude, is, that, was, that, that was the South all the girls Park, liked. Right? What was uh That's what the South Park episode was, was faith plus one. What yeah, I know. Plus what one was an actual band. Was, it was an was, actual, it was, it was a an Christian boy. Band. Yeah. Christian boy band. Fuck, that's what that's the, awesome. the girls in my school really liked them in like middle school. Yeah. So there was that. And I was like, oh, so these songs are kind of rock. <laughs> but then like I heard like Pillar on the radio and they were like playing at some festival. And I was like, that's what I want. So, yeah, the Gateway Band was definitely like Pillar. For It was like my first favorite band. Finally got a CD from them like the next Christmas. Um, and then, of course, I was just into all those bands like fucking Pillar and Cutlass and Skillet. Pill- like those names um, are so, so, like they're all like in that same world pillar skillet yeah. cutlass and they all just all there's something about the way that those three names sound where i yeah i knew <laughs> yeah. about them, like i don't it's hard to p- explain with skillet cutlass like skillet is just goofy and skillet why, yeah. why skillet cutlass makes me think of cutlet which makes me think of yeah cooking them in a skillet I just yeah. and then I don't know the double L's and pillar just throw me I don't know all yeah. those together just feel the same. It Maybe it's like just the double letters and word generator. Yeah, there's something yeah. like they're so similar and they're all that was the names. era though. That was like yeah. stained and you know mud vein and it was like yeah. kind of because Christian music is always a couple years behind too. Yeah, so yeah like derivative. Yeah, <laughs> when we were in, it was like early two thousands and they were just hitting like nineteen ninety seven new metal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> with, with Pillar, <laughs> but, uh, dude, Pillar was Pillar was a big one back in the day, though. Like, I got Fireproof, and I mm-hmm. listened to it like over and over and over. Actually, very funny story about Pillar. Also, when I was in high school, I don't know if you ever heard about this. There was this thing called Camp Electric. It was like, it was it was it was like a week long camp where you could like, okay, go. And you sign up and you get like taught by like your favorite like Christian artists. They would have like classes. Oh, that's awesome. I I mean, yeah, it was sick. But uh, so like, but every once in a while, one of the artists would like have people like come play with them. So I was in this class and like the guitarist from Pillar was teaching the class, like the dude with the like long dreads and stuff. Oh, you went. Yeah, I went. Yeah, I went to this. Oh, yeah. So, so, uh. It's in there, and he was gonna pick out people to like play on stage. Then he picked out like five of us, but I was one of them. So I got to go play Fireproof with Pillar on the stage. So Dude. me as a sophomore in Dude. high school was just like, "Thank you, God." Yeah, it's like the pinnacle. There is a God. It was just like, like coolness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. And now cool. you look. It, yeah, now you look back on it. I'm just like, it's just Pillar, man. <laughs> And there's five other people up there that amps like aren't even plugged in. They're like little like hip ones that they're like just like miking. It's like yeah, you can't even hear us playing. But I'm just like yeah, going ham. Was that your first like, man? I should do this for real all the time in front of people. Oh, yeah, I was like, mm, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanna be a rock star with Killer. Yeah, uh, dude, your uh, do you remember anything else from that? camp like was did any part of it stick out or do you remember any of the other artists that were there um 
There was a singer of Thousand Foot Crutch. He was there. Oh, oh cool. Oh, no kidding. Um, that guy actually, like, kind of, he did a lot. I think he's still around. He has, like, a label or something. Yeah. And he had, like, he had that, like, FM Static was his other band and stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was there. Like, the bassist of Pillar was there. There was, some, like, probably some people from Cutlass. I can't really remember that much anymore, but, yeah. It was overshadowed by yeah, playing by Fireproof. It's <laughs> <laughs> a life-changing moment, dude. How many people were there? How many people did you do it in front of? I mean, I guess it would have been, like, probably, like, 500. Yeah, dude, that's sick. That is that's pretty awesome, awesome actually. That's yeah. scary, like, to think of, like, playing in front of anyone for anything and then to just be able to just get up and look out and see that and get a taste. Yeah. You're like, oh, get yeah, up there yeah I'm here like, for that. Doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, it, doom. Yeah. So one of one of the guitarists in Tan and Handsome was there with me. Okay. Um, yeah, he got a video of it like during the time, but I think the next year we were at Warp Tour and the camera he had it on got like trampled while he was watching Under Earth. <laughs> no. So it's like, or it might have not been Under Earth, or maybe there were some other videos that he had of them on there, but like, yeah. Or, or he lost a camera. Something happened to the footage. <laughs> How sick would it be if you still had that? Because that could make it its way into a Tan Handsome music video and be... Oh, absolutely. Edible. Yeah, just a little, yeah, a little taste. <laughs> God, that's so... I, I just love that for you. I love that idea more than anything. I just And handpicking five kids to do it. That's sick. Yeah. I mean, that made those kids... At, I mean, you're, yeah. you're talking about it now, man. That made... A huge difference in kids' lives. Yeah, I like that. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it was the only five kids that tried out to do it. Yeah, <laughs> they just. I don't think it was like I don't think anybody like did. won, but yeah, <laughs> he just has thirty <laughs> people up there just all yeah. doing it together. <laughs> or worse off, imagine if like six tried, yeah. they just like left one off. It's like one. yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can't you, do it. You air guitared worse than the rest of them. Yeah. so you're out, dude. <laughs> Did um what uh oh go ahead Sam when you were in high school like your uh, it sounds like you had a a pretty pretty decent level of buy in for like Christianity you weren't one of those kids that was like had your questions or like th- what were where were you at were you like maybe maybe not um or were you just kind of like all in on it I was pretty all in on it for a while yeah like def- definitely all through high school of course I went to YWAM and stuff like after that but that was like like when i went to ywam was when i was in like the like questioning phase interesting was what was that yeah. um was that a choice you made to help you some people when they get that questioning phase they're scared about it because they watched all those people get dragged to hell on you know church theater <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. were you like was that your way of trying to buy in more to commit to something like that or were you hoping it would like convince you of something what was your thought on like joining ywam in your questioning phase well in a way because like so i guess even when i had like like just graduated and like started playing music and stuff it was kind of like questions were already happening but it was like you know i was having like a fun time digging through them you know it wasn't like you know, I was just, I was doing the thing. And it's like, it was more so like I was coming to these different understandings about how I could like be a Christian, but being like, this part doesn't have to be 
Yeah, maybe like smoke party. a cigarette you know, all after these... a show without going to hell. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely doing that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, when I was at YLM, it was like in a questioning phase. And then, of course, it was like, like, I want to hang on to this thing, but I don't like all this shit. So I was just kind of like shaving off stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, like, after I got out of YLM was honestly like when I was like, kind of the most fulfilled with Christianity, not because of YWAM, but because of everything I like had kind of left from it. I had like, I don't know. I felt like after that I had kind of developed like this idea of Christianity that I felt was like moral and good. And like, I don't know. They made it your own. Like we we grew up in this world where everyone's telling us what it needs to be and what it should be and how you, what it has to look like. And then you like take the, you think about it, you know, critically and you go, well, I, I really like these aspects of it. Um, and you yeah. walk away with something different. So yeah. I think that's, it, it was, yeah, it was definitely wild being in like such a hardcore environment like that. while Like having all that going on because it's like, I was at the point of being like, I'll question it to the point of it, like not being real, you know, like I'll give it up, like all of that. And then you're in this whole thing where everybody's just like, so gung ho. And there's so many like weird things going on. And it's like, yeah. Was it I don't chilly? know. I really know a lot about YWAM. Like it's youth with a mission. Youth with what, a mission. Yeah. What? So is it, is it like, uh, I, I don't know. Explain what it is. Cause I, I feel like I, I'm sure it's like a campus ministry or something like that. Right. Well, uh, in a way like that, basically you, go somewhere for something that's called a DTS, which is a discipleship training school. So that's where I went to Denver. Um, you do that for five months. It's basically just like being taught, you know, you're like in a classroom. It, every week is different. There's like a different teacher that comes in and teaches like a different subject for the week. Um, and then, so after like three months or so you go on outreach. So you choose like which country you're going to go to. Cause of course it would be a different country. Um, and then they send you, yeah, out there. So they, I went to like Columbia. Um, so okay. yeah, that's basically what it is. It's like, I don't know, I guess they would present it as like, just like a school or like some sort of version of going to college. It's like a trade but school like, for Bible yeah. programs. Yeah. 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 Something I guess like I always thought of it as just, a, I knew a number of kids that joined it. Um, mm-hmm. some of them, they have a, they have a base, like a home base in hawaii or something some yeah, nice place Kona. yeah yeah that everyone like wishes the, they could go the to the main one yeah. yeah yeah which is just funny because it's like you know for me i think at the time i took a missions trip to jamaica and just enjoyed a you know a paid vacation to jamaica yeah. <laughs> like yeah uh why yeah. wham in hawaii you'd be like yeah let me uh of course this is fine. of course yeah <laughs> but I've been to uh, yeah, Kona. Then, I will reconvert back to Christianity if I get to go live <laughs> there. For Kona, yeah. yeah, it made me think of because you know, yeah. as it, growing up in church and even in college and uh, post college, being uh, affiliated with churches that you know would support missionaries and stuff. It was like here's a missionary that goes this place. And now, when I was in at Liberty, going to uh, church out there, there was a family that decided to move to I forget what honestly I forget which country. Um, great family i really and you know i appreciated them i thought they were good people uh doing good stuff like 
they weren't one of those families that were like, Hey, let's just like take everybody's money and just go live here and not have to work. We'll just go and like hand out tracks and shit. Like they went and started a business yeah. in another country and they just wanted to like assimilate into the best they could learn the language. And, you know, just, uh, they were good people. So I have no problem with the way they were doing it or what they were doing. Um, it wasn't like a colonial type, uh, adventure, like some of the, the, mission stuff is but why was yeah i always thought of why like that but for kids it was like you join this thing they teach you this stuff and then they send you out and then you come back and then they might send you out again like it's kind of just like a missions yeah. organization but yeah. like it's mostly it's mostly kids um, yeah most i mean and then leaders are probably over like their mid-20s but i feel like the majority of people doing the work like the i yeah. want to say quote-unquote grunt work is like under 25 would you yeah, do in yeah. Colombia? i mean so, some of my leaders were even like 22 no way yeah, like still like in the, yeah i mean i was <laughs> so much experience I was I, yeah i was i was 19 you know when they had just done the program a year before kind of they thing, were just you know? there looking for a spouse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um in Colombia, uh you know did the kind of typical missionary work thing we would go out i mean we you know we would do a couple things where we, you know, maybe actually helped do like some labor on someone's like church or something like that or like anything. But like a lot of it was just like doing the like the street plays and stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. All right, did you get into some shit in Colombia? Did you like, so did you get into some shit in Colombia? Like, did you like go rogue and uh, go out drinking or do anything like that was like, a no, I, like I, I didn't. I just I like really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but I I still I still stayed to like not breaking the rules. Um when I was there. There were a couple times like when I like came back home because you're not like you're not supposed to drink or like smoke or anything like that. And I'd be with my friends, no. of course. It's like going to Liberty University. Home. Yeah, yeah. But uh when I was in Colombia, no, I actually didn't. Um I had my vape on me. <laughs> but that was before vaping was, was cool, right? It was, it was, yeah. It was just <laughs> like but I wasn't allowed to smoke cigarettes, so it couldn't smell like them, so I just like snuck this vape at least um <laughs> but yeah never really went rogue um kind of kept it there bought some you know bought some alcohol i wanted to like bring back and cigarettes but that's you know that was it <laughs> and i i think i asked permission also i think it was like can i do this they're like sure <laughs> that's so fun <laughs> but yeah looking back on it now like, yeah you know probably would have done it differently what is like, uh, so before that or afterwards, like, do you remember, was there an event or a person or something like that that happened that made you like start peeling apart the layers or eventually made you just say, I, I think I'm out? Man, it's, it's, it really doesn't seem like there was one moment. It just like. It just kept gradually happening. Maybe, I mean, maybe like somewhere in the time was uh, when it would have been soon after YWAM. And then like, it was like when my band broke up, like the first time it was like basically the same band I'm in now has been like a bunch of the same members. So this is sort of the same band I'm in now, but we we broke up like back in the day. Didn't know what to do. Was thinking about going to some other like mission school and stuff like that. 
and I couldn't decide and was like trying so hard to have like just because I I'd peeled back so many layers like theologically to where I felt like it was you know good and cool but like the whole like is it real can I have like a relationship with this god or whatever it is and stuff like that and I was trying to make all these decisions to like go somewhere else but you know nothing was lining up with like how like my heart felt and then what other people like were saying I should do and stuff and it just became this whole confusing mess where I was like ah that's when I really started being like do I need to like do this anymore do I have to like try to listen to God so much can I just like do my own thing because this is really frustrating and it was kind of finally being like this might all be bullshit so I should just like kind of chill about it and like yeah kind of just make the decisions on like what I want to do yeah so that, yeah, I don't know yeah that was kind of like the last layer like little chair on top pillar that fell because of course there were all the theology things of just like yeah I stopped believing in hell and stuff and like stuff like that and you know was like gay affirming and all that you know everything seemed cool but like the entire yeah, like yeah. is this real just kind of stopped and I was like I don't know it's there's a, a part of it that stop, it stops feeling relevant whether it is or not when you've consigned mm -hmm. to the fact that the things that you've always been told to care about as bad no longer are to you so like yeah, when your exactly. values when your values shift and you're like i mean i think growing up most of it was like all right you don't swear you don't get drunk you don't have sex uh and th then you just kind of subscribe to i mean for me this isn't for everyone uh but yeah. it was like you subscribe to republican values uh it, whatever that even means. I don't know. It was just very strange to like, think of like, okay, so you shed that, you shed that, you shed that. I mean, you can still uh, look, there's plenty of people who maintain like a good spiritual life, uh, uh, who maintain, yeah. uh, and, and have a, a good experience within Christianity who shift on all of those things. Uh, and there's plenty of great Christian communities that share those like progressive values. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but, it's For like sure. when you spend so much of your time thinking that your values and your Christianity is dependent on you subscribing to certain ideas. And then when those ideas shift and you don't, it doesn't matter anymore to you. You go like, it's hard to maintain that. It's hard to like, yeah. let that still matter. Um, and even if you go, yeah, it could still matter. And I could choose to, to like invest in that and let that impact my life and have like a, you know, a community of believers amongst yeah. like it, it's still like it's kind it's hard to get that back when it all is just when it was all this and then it's that's gone you're like i don't i'm doing all right like i it's hard to yeah. find the um it's hard to find the same value in it uh when that's the world you come from you kind of just sometimes need to be like well it is what it is <laughs> i'm doing yeah. just fine i guess uh without that but. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm not even against it anymore just because I know there are still like definitely quote unquote the progressive values or whatever that like come out of like some yeah. people who still ascribe to faith. It's awesome. And it's like there's sometimes I think about it, it's like, oh, maybe one day I would come back to it or something like that. But like there's also like sure. but there, yeah, you know, you'll I'll think it's about hard something. To tap into because, it. Yeah, because also it's like I don't I wouldn't say I'm one of those people that just like gave away my faith and became like a happier person because of it. You know, it kind of sucked at the same time. Um, 
but it's like if I was going back to it, it's like it if anybody like in the church I grew up in was hearing that I was like coming back to Christianity or something like that, they still shouldn't get excited about it because I'd just be a heretic. Yeah, you know, yeah. it would still be <laughs> not not what they want me to believe. It'd almost be worse, you know. Yeah, so, we're not signing any yeah. doctrinal statements. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it like, I think that's what's fascinating is like, that's what I think makes, you know, the language and the labels all effectively useless because everything Mm -hmm. boils down to, well, what do you mean by that? Like if, oh, are you going to be a Christian again? And then you go, well, what do you mean by that? And then they tell you, you're like, oh no, I'm not that. And they're like, well, then you're not a Christian. You're like, well, then then I'm not a Christian, I guess. Like that doesn't matter. Uh, But if someone else is like to the opposite extreme, you know? When you like the world we came from, they're like, I don't see that as Christian. It's like, it's just, there, there's too many like uh, cultural variations of it. It's like, it's not like a, there's so many, it's like what, what that word means. It almost doesn't, it means so much that it almost means nothing anymore. Yeah. So. Well, it, it's kind of, you'll, you'll kind of get that on like both sides of just like super evangelical and like, I don't know, like Reddit atheists or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you'll, you'll try to like, just, it's like, you can always tell when someone didn't like take Christianity that seriously that far, but they're like, Oh yeah, I grew up in the church. It was bad, but I, you know, yeah, I guess you were smarter than me in middle school and you got out of it or something like that. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, so funny. but then like, you know, they'll still have like, kind of the same arguments that you've heard your whole like i don't know deconstruction phase where it's just like i oh, that one's boring you know it's like or trying to describe to trying to s- describe to an evangelical and like a hardcore atheist like that the bible doesn't have to be inerrant or something like that like for there to be value or like truth yeah, to it. Yeah. they're just like yeah might be like it's like, well, no, you like they'll both be like, no, you can't be a Christian and believe that. And it's like, well, you can, but <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. like making up rules that uh, yeah. that validate arguments that they have about stuff. Yeah, a bunch of gotcha bullshit. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, like, that's, that's the gotcha theology. There could be a flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I don't know. Oh, yeah. Let's my just, God. Like, <laughs> let's be as pedantic as possible with the other people's yeah. perspectives and just shit on it. It's like it's, yeah. it's a little bit exhausting for sure. Yeah. Um, dude, I want to take it. I want to. I do want to shift. I want to talk about your music and like I want to talk about. Like, you've done a lot like in the music world. I know you've gone um, this, mm. on several tours with several bands doing different things like uh yeah so you um you graduate high school you do ywam yep. but you're doing music it sounds like you found your way out from pillar into the heavy music scene by the time you graduated <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess yeah high school uh, <laughs> yeah that's a there's that big jump yeah. there. <laughs> let's close well, that gap like a little bit first, like, <laughs> real heavy band that you uh that you liked uh probably demon hunter yeah, yeah. Like that's what I, I think that's what I heard first, and then got like I might then got super into Under Earth, and then it was just like I don't know, Solid State, Tooth and Nail was was it from there. And you yeah. know, during that time, it's just like it was such a weird time during that time because it's just like all these Christian bands were fucking killing it. They were like the so best good. bands in the game, you know, <laughs> so good that it made people stop caring about being you being a Christian band. I mean, yeah, exactly. Band, but know. so many people got over that. 
Because yeah, we got was, past it being yeah. like Striper. You know, you're not Striper yeah. Christian band anymore. Like, you're just legitimately good. Uh, and whatever you're talking about is irrelevant because it's shadowed by how good your music is. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you, would, you know, Christian, non-Christian bands were touring together all the time. And even when Christian bands were still preaching on stage, they were like still <laughs> like going on tour with bands yeah. that weren't Christian. Bolt, yeah, it's wild. And then guys wearing then, toms and yeah. the white love on her arm shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then half those bands ended up, you know, not being Christian anymore. Also, so it's like, yeah, yeah. That did it. It's almost like I mean, a, the good the good music does that too. <laughs> for a moment, metalcore in like that metal scene, the heavy music scene was one of the most inclusive uh, areas you could find yourself in. When it's just like, yeah. Oh, we're just we're here on merit alone. We're here because we have a good band and what we think or believe is irrelevant and we can all hang out in the same circle together yeah. based on this common interest. It was like, oh, that's kind of neat. It was it felt cool uh, that that fell by the wayside just because bands were good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's true. But so uh you st- yeah. how did you start playing like what what got you into um uh, obviously, I accidentally somehow saw you play in Blood of the Martyrs at some point yeah, in Pittsburgh. Exactly. But like, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your um, your shift into into uh, moving into to playing music in that scene? Um, so yeah, I would have been. I was in a pop punk band in high school. Just play like, it nice. was basically just trying to be Reliant K. Was this band? It was complete rip off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, did that. Um, and then, yeah, after I graduated, basically, the band that me and Logan, who does play in Tan and Handsome, uh, started, it was called Eight Days from December. It was just a lit, it was, it was basically Under Earth. <laughs> like, we were just trying to be Under Earth. Okay. Um, we were playing a lot of shows. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Did you guys hit the road with that band? Uh, yeah, we did. I, that sounds really like, familiar. Yeah. It wasn't under. Yeah, we weren't that band for that long, but it was, yeah. Um, we would have, I mean, we would have played with with Jesse and them a decent amount. Okay. When they, is that, so so that's been, when they were doing Servants? Like Servants, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that might have been something. Uh, but yeah, so there was that band. When we were playing in that band, met Blood of the Martyrs. They needed a guitarist. I joined that band. I was only in that band for like a year. And then... uh wanted to go do this thing with Logan again, the eight days from December band. So that's when we started like doing more stuff with that. And in between that was like YWAM and everything too. So it was just, yeah. Okay. Kind of spaced out like that. Um, Yeah. So we did eight days and then we broke up eight days mainly because our drummer was going to Liberty. So he like (laughs) wanted to go to college. So there was like less touring that we could do and stuff. Um, Now that number in that area, uh, I I feel like everyone in that scene knew each other at some, um, some level. In that area, uh, he played in a band called Tiger Fist, but that was like after. But it was with those dudes in Skies Over Bethany. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. okay. Uh, the, the catatonic uh, Youth. Yes, 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 yes. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Skies yeah. Over Bethany <laughs> making it on a catatonic youth. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very funny. But uh, oh my god, those yeah, dudes. some of those some of those guys are like hanging around and stuff still. Like, do any of them yeah, play in bands that are like? Did they all any of them go on to actually like make 
not, no offense, but decent music. <laughs> they actually, so they have a really cool band right now. It's called the Handsome Bandits. Um, which yeah, both of our bands have handsome in it now. So yeah, that's gotta, a bummer. <laughs> gotta, gotta do something about that. That band's really cool though. Um, a, I just, I like, he might be a decent guy. I, this is just a bad, maybe it was some bad experiences and people change too. Like our early, uh, our late teens, early twenties in college when we think we're in, I don't know, the skies over Bethany's guys felt like their band was going to be the next August Burns Red. You got that vibe from them pretty hard. Their, yeah, yeah. Their bassist. <laughs> treated uh a friend of mine like such shit that i've never been able to like not think of him as an asshole and uh, i hope he's uh i hope he's recovered i hope he's a recovering asshole and he's doing good now but i'm I'm pretty sure he's cool now (laughs) i haven't seen him in a while but yeah yeah now i remember well it's funny because you posted that i sent it to the drummer he's like nah aaron's awesome dude (laughs) he's like the best it's like yeah hopefully yeah (laughs) yeah god i love that uh yeah yeah so yeah, there was that. Um, yeah, that band broke up. We started a band called Bloom, which was basically all the same members again. Basically, we should have just kept the same thing going for forever. <laughs> um, you guys just like making SoundCloud you know, accounts. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, it was, it, it, I don't know. It was always like, oh, we should just, we want to do something different. There's that weird feeling of like, oh, do we stick with longevity or like if you do the longevity thing, can you be in it too long where you lose all hope of getting noticed? And is there like something valuable about being fresh and doing something new? Like that's the game everyone was playing at that time. Uh, Yeah. It's how to get noticed by the people you want to notice you or the labels you want to notice you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would have, I, I would have probably gone with the longevity thing if I would have like yeah. gone back to it. But <laughs> like, honestly, doing something like fresh now because like, Tan and Handsome hasn't been a band for like, even a year yet. Yeah. Um, or we have, but like, the, we released that EP at the beginning of January. Um, and it's been sick to like have a weird fresh start on it at thirty. <laughs> um, so, is it? Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, that's different than stuff you had been putting out before, too. Like, there's not a lot of... Sim- I mean, not yeah. that you couldn't be the same band and put out something that radically shifts. We've all known bands who have made yeah. those shifts. But, I mean, there is something... Uh, I mean, it's different than probably what you... It sounds like it was different than what you were doing before, so... Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And it's like, yeah. Well, the I mean, the newest, like part of this whole collection is like buddy who plays guitar in and out. And he's like, he's mainly been the one writing so far. Um, we're all trying to get together and like do it more as a, you know, but this was like kind of his thing that he was like starting, asked me to join then asked Logan and Garrett, the other people that were in my other bands to join too. Um, or I guess Garrett, the drummer was actually playing with him first. So, but yeah, then we all got together and kind of made this thing. Um, but yeah, Oh no, it was also, <clears throat> this is something I was going to say. It was like funny when, uh, like back in the variation that was Bloom, that was after eight days, um, was like kind of coming back into that scene, not being a Christian anymore, you know, but sure. like, and not being a Christian band. But it's like somehow, even in this band, it feels like we're still somehow Christian adjacent just because of how much like past there is. But it was kind of like also being in that band, and people would be like, man, these dudes are all, they're real, they fucking party. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, 
no, we were just touring with Christian bands. You know? <laughs> like, it's like badass. That's the reputation, but we were just drinking some beers. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we weren't doing anything crazy, you know? <laughs> that's so just, good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, a decent amount of drinks, but you know, nothing insane. The reverse of that was funny too, because like when we were a Christian band, we would tour with like non-Christian bands and, you know, we'd like open the van and pull some beers out and they're like, Oh shit, y'all party. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's get after it. But, uh, it's such yeah, a it funny was a little... world, man. That is that, that being like such a dividing line on like how people perceive you and what you're like, it's like, just because you throw back a few more beers than like another band. Like it's so silly. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like that feels like something. I remember that conversation when we were in like, you know, late teens, early twenties. It's so funny that that's, that's still in the zeitgeist for the whole yeah. Christian, non-Christian band thing. That's so wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was funny though. It was also weird getting back into that scene after not being there and just like, I just remember being at one festival that was like a mainly Christian festival and being like, oh, I don't necessarily know how to talk to a lot of these people anymore. <laughs> it's just like, like coming back into it and like, yeah, kind of like, of course I'd seen all the stuff, but was kind of out of it and hadn't really had been at a point of not really talking about it that much for a while. Cause like most of my friends had gotten out of it and we were like, we were kind of past talking about it all the time. Like we used to, but then like, yeah, going back to that festival and then like seeing people just like, you know, just hands up, like praying for the spirit to come down. And it's like, it's like, they're just like begging to like have some experience, just like everybody, you know, and you look at that from being out of it for a while and you're like, yeah, that's fucking weird, man. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it is there, there, something very uh, strange finding your way like into those environments. I was literally just talking to somebody the other day about how like, I don't, I remember the last time I was at an evangelical event. It was like my parent. It was like my parents' church. It was like a Christmas Eve Eve kind of special thing that they did. And you would, yeah. you know, the idea was like it's always like a Christmas Eve thing. Let's do this for, like, for us and and f reflect on the true meaning of Christmas. And that's great. I'm, I'm no problem with that if that's what you know you you want to do. But um, I remember going, and it was like it wasn't Christmassy at all. It was like. Yeah. They start with Genesis and end in Revelation. They do the whole story of everything and they uh, based on their understanding of it and the whole Christ story and Jesus coming back. And I'm like, we had about four and a half minutes of Christmas in this thing. And the rest was just like a pitch to get people to become Christians when the only people who are here are people who are Christians and maybe a, one or two non-Christians that were invited by their family. Like, it yeah. got, they shifted it from this, like, let's, let's celebrate Christmas as a community who shares these values and wants to focus on this as the reason for the season. And let's uh, make it all about every, like, let's make it n about none of us because we're already saved. And let's like, yeah, let's encourage you all to reach out to people to bring them. So that way maybe they'll get saved. It's like, it just became this thing about everything. It's like, it becomes about everything, but the thing it's supposed to be about. And I think I kind of hear the same thing with like the festival stuff and like, yeah. you know, everyone begging for it. It's like, 
it feels like it just misses the mark so much. Like it lost, it's all, they, it's all lost the plot and lost sight of like what it could be or should be, or, and it's yeah. about like just kind of circling the wagon at this point. I, I it's exhausting <laughs> to, think, yeah, definitely. to think about participating in that and always thinking about uh, who else is involved or did I say the right thing? Or am I putting on the right front to be a good witness? You don't think of it as putting on a front, but it is. It's yeah. pageantry. It's, it's, it's in, in, in it's anxiety inducing after yeah. a while to, to participate in that. Yeah. Uh, you guys got some like, awesome. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. Luckily, at this point, I think I'm past. Uh, I think this band might be finally past the like Christian adjacent band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, in a way sometimes it's like oh we're playing with a christian band again here we go again all right <laughs> yeah yeah you have to think about that <laughs> yeah oh we're playing right. with it. but you guys have some great shows coming up with some uh awesome yeah. non-christian bands so yeah yeah <laughs> uh darkest yeah, hour sure. it's gonna boys awesome when yeah i'm uh, stoked on it i'm excited i hopefully you guys uh hit the new england area uh at some yeah point. we would love to um, I don't know. I think like February is the next time we're going to like try to do like a little like run where we could like get somewhere like that. But yeah, yeah it'd be rad. Jesse was like also talking to me about like some contacts he might have up there that could like help us out and stuff. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, sh- uh, the show that I was just talking about being at where it's like, you know, you want everyone to keep it tight. Uh, when we first got there, he was talking to this guy. He was the promoter for it. Uh, he did, he would do the shows for Jesse's band at the time when they were playing. And um, he seems to do shit a lot of places uh, and yeah. put on some good shows. So uh, oh, yeah. he's like a wicked nice dude. So I'm sure that, that that might be one of those connections because he said that he hooked him up a good bit when they were playing that area. So, yeah, it'd be sick. That's yeah. right. Good. I mean, dude, there's some great venues putting on some like good shows and has that have great turnout. So it'd be, it'd yeah. be dope. Yeah, that'd be red. Love to come up there. I want to go everywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, what I love to. Wichita, I just like Kansas. touring a bunch, but yeah. And you, huh? can... I, I yeah, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you would hit the that, road. Right that should be our city motto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> okay, well, you know, yeah. yeah, we could. Is gas cheap there? Uh, you, you guys hit... got pecan logs? <laughs> <laughs> pecan. He can. Come on, dude. Okay, um, uh, I have to ask. All right, and this this yeah. goes out to both of you here. Are you at your current point? Because I feel like this could vary for people. Are you more like deep down in your psyche, past all the like, you know, angsty mid thirties, whatever that we're all in? Are you more afraid of God or of demons? Because I'm, I'm definitely more afraid of demons. I, I was thinking I'm probably still more afraid of demons at this point. I cut it. I you know, I'm to... not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like in my room, like thinking about like Jesus coming back and me like, <laughs> you know, not not getting there anymore. Uh, but I can I can still be scared of demons. You know, I, th- I think my brain can talk me into the fact that a demon might be there. Like the other night, I did one well, of those. It doesn't like, all the time, honestly. 
<laughs> I did one of those like half asleep things, you know, where you like almost fall asleep and then you wake up just like short of breath and not knowing where you are. Like, like sleep paralysis? Because I get that all the time. That's probably why I'm scared of demons. Yeah. See, I don't know if that's something I've experienced. With demons yeah. is like sleep paralysis. Mark Driscoll had a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that they're actual demons, not just a actual condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thinks that the pornography you've watched has invited demons to come in and sodomize you in your mid-sleep transition. Is that he what thinks, it is? Oh, yeah. shit, that's what did it. He thinks, uh, <laughs> Mark Driscoll thinks wet dreams are demons literally sucking the cum out of you. That's awesome. <laughs> is that real? No, it's not. I don't, I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. I can totally see that. <laughs> but, it, but he would definitely I can say see it saying something cool. along the lines of that oh, that you sure. could definitely skew to. <laughs> what, what is sleep paralysis like? I mean, is it, because people describe it, yeah, and some people are like, "Oh, the Hat Man, the Hat Man shows up," you know. I don't know if that. I feel like I definitely saw the Hat Man or whatever when I was a kid. There was always like this like thing that would come behind my door. It was like walking a dog. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know, oh, dude. It's but yeah, it's I'm on. I'm on the path no, yeah. to uh, wetting the bed tonight. Yeah, Casey's yeah. About to get <laughs> saved after we're finished. <laughs> Basically, you'll just like, I don't know. It's, it'll either happen when I'm, like, about to fall asleep or if I'm, like, asleep and, like, wake back up. And it's just, like, I don't know. You can't move. You can't, like, speak or, like, scream or yell out or anything like that. And, like, you might see something scary. Do you feel like you but can you breathe? You feel like you're present, you're present in the room that you're in, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But see, I feel like I've had that feeling, but it's been, like, fully immersed in a dream. Not, like... Yeah, no, this is, like... You wake up and you're like it. You definitely feel like you're in the room that you're in. Casey, that was just that one yeah. time oh. April handcuffed you to the bed in your sleep. It's like after you begged her for months, <laughs> she she nearly killed me by like holding my nose, trying to get me to stop snoring. <laughs> she just. <laughs> What were those strips that your dad would put on his nose to open it up so that your mom could get like 30 minutes of sleep at night without him snoring? Is it breathe, oh, yeah. breathe right? You guys breathe remember right. this? I, I don't remember that. I should probably get it now. Yeah. <laughs> opens it was the like nasal a for your nostrils. Yeah. If I sleep on my back, I get woken up every 35 seconds by my wife being like, because I snore on my, if I sleep on my side, I don't. If I sleep on my back, I snore like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair because she snores as much as I do, but I can just sleep through it like a champion, you know, like a strong yeah. individual. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just constantly woken up by the, the weaker of the two of us. You know, it's not yeah. fair, but you know, that's what, you know, that's what it's like to be married. Right. You know, as a man, you're nice and strong about everything, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, I don't have a wife. I just have bandmates. <laughs> so that's, that's where our snoring conversations come in. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I, I'm the strongest one, though. Yeah, so. of course you're super strong. I can <laughs> tell just by looking at you, you're super strong. Um, dude, you've been on the road a good bit, though. Like you do, um, you go on. You I, was it merch, right? You were like run, doing merch yeah. runs for some bands on tour and shit like that. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll normally do merch for Greyhaven. Okay, I've done like a few tours with them. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, so just always on yeah, that tour grind, man. Yeah, no, I mean those are really fun, especially because like. 
I mean, if I go on tour with my band, I make no money. I go on tour with them, I can actually make some money. You know, so, you you know I'm like an employee. Them. I get, you know, it's like, yeah. Who who um, has the craziest merch sales that you've seen in person? Ooh, ooh, man! I don't know if I've actually seen someone's numbers. Like, oh, really? Just a general yeah. feeling, but because see, I went to uh, well, Sam and I both different shows, but went to uh, Sleep Token recently. Uh-huh. I bet that was oh, crazy, dude. Oh my god! I, there are people who missed the show standing in line for merch for two hours. Yeah. So no. So I did a tour with with Grey Haven when they were on tour with Silent Planet. They definitely had like oh, really I, long lines. That um, old. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Um, of course, like yeah, Norma Jean. Um, there was that too. I do, so I know the guy who does merch for Bad Omens. Oh, oh really? Um, I don't know any numbers. I just know that that's like insane. Like I just because they're like only imagine. I, I mean, they're they're like a total merch band. Like they'll put up stuff and it's just like, you know. Yeah, that's a funny concept, man. That's an interesting way to put it. Like a the total merch band. Like there's, it's um, it's like uh, let's say okay, I, interesting example. Grateful Dead, right? Like I, mm. I work with someone who's wearing a Grateful Dead shirt today, who had who's never actually listened to Grateful Dead. She just like, yeah. had the shirt because it matched her shoes and it looked like cool. yeah. And I'm like, that's a merch band, right? How many pe- like, the amount of people who own tons and tons of Grateful Dead merch, yeah. Um, it, but you they sell it at that, literally every store, yeah. yeah. But to see that slip into like you know the like this industry of music where it's like yeah. to be a merch band is it's such a f- interesting concept. I never thought yeah. of like something like bad, but, but they have it with, I mean, they have it with like diehard fans too. Like yeah. people just like are crazy about that band right now. They're just yeah. like blowing up. So they love like, them I, and they buy what they sell. I can, yeah. I think I can honestly, unless I listened by accident, I don't, I think it's possible. I've never actually heard bad omens and I don't know what a single song of theirs sounds like. I like yeah. bad omens. I don't know if yeah. you would. Your musical tastes make no sense to me. Yeah, well, that's there's very little <laughs> rhyme or reason to them. No, that we don't need to get into this now. But I, I, I'll just state, I'll just state that, that's, that hey, you're that's wrong. how I feel about uh, Logan, our one guitarist. Sometimes it'll just be like, there's something that I'm sure he's gonna love, no, but he dude. just like fucking hates it. I was like, there's no reason you like this, are, you like this. You should. <laughs> yeah. Mine are reasonable. Casey's the one that's got the weird like he'll send me something from darko or something from i don't know what tell me what are some of the things you've sent me that we have established that i'm i'm like what are you doing man sleep token no sleep token is di- that actually sleep I said token- i said they wear masks and he's like uh, 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 uh. i'm like all right but it's really catchy no so. sleep i mean i might i might be with i might be with sam on this one I no, actually no, really like on. Sleep Tokens. I did, I don't know. Sleep Token doesn't make sense for my musical taste. Sleep Token does not make sense for my musical taste. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm trying to think. If I went through I my like top music stuff. on Spotify, it would all make plenty of sense. We're talking Currents, Johnny Booth, Dance Gavin Dance. Like, these are just normal things that, uh, yeah. like, that, that all makes sense, you know? Um, maybe hmm. there's some pop punk in there, like you're uh, like Belmont, uh, and four years strong, like that, but th- that makes sense. You go through the, Just I guarantee if you said like the top five and here we go. And, um, is another one that I've been listening to lately. Like their new album is great, but 
all in the same lane. This is all same lane kind of stuff. Uh, if uh, I feel like if you said like the top five bands you've been listening to, Casey, they would all be. You would be the one that Conway Twitty. What you're accusing me of being right now. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, Bad Omens is good. <laughs> Maybe I'll check oh, yeah, them that's out. That's how it started. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <laughs> yeah, they sell merch. They're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. it's been great having you, man. Thanks for yeah. uh, thanks for coming on. You too, guys. It's been yeah, cool. dude, this is fun, man. I uh, everyone needs to go. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you do that. Where can people find you? Uh, tell everyone where they can check out your shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Everything yeah. like that. You guys are shirt yeah. rule, by the way. I had to tell you that that Miller Light, the, the, I mean, the Miller High Life shirt you guys did. Oh yeah, I love yeah. that. That shirt fucking rules. Yeah. Um, hey, got, I have a few. I could, I could send one to you if you want. I'll, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll be a respectable person and respect the grind. I'll buy it. But if uh, I'll, I'll, I'll message you after this, and that'd be sick. I love that. Yeah, shirt. that'd be rad. But yeah, uh, we just put out a new single like a month or so ago, so that's out there now too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's about it. Hell yeah. It fucking rules. Uh, I think yeah. we've established like like our audience. This is, uh, we talk a lot about uh, variations of heavy music and Tan Handsome is, is fucking fantastic. You guys, um, I feel like you guys got some big things on the horizon. So. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're writing and stuff now too. Um, Want to get some more stuff out, but yeah. Nice. It's definitely been fun. Well, for the a little under a year that we've been doing it so far, so yeah, looking forward to whatever you guys got next. Yep, everybody, uh, yeah. check out Tan and Handsome, and we will see you next time. <laughs>